Welcome to the Coached Success Podcast. This podcast is aimed at connecting you with the ways top performers think about challenges so that you can adapt your thinking accordingly and live your version of ultra extraordinary. So today on the show, we have Taryn TK. Taryn, how are you doing? Pretty good, thank you. And you? <laughs> I'm excellent. Thanks for asking. Awesome. And thanks for being on the show. I know it's been quite a mm. while since we're trying to schedule this. So thanks for making yeah. time. <laughs> um, Taryn, do you want to tell us who is Taryn? I am a, um, I think I'd like to say seasoned media personality. I've been doing this for a very long time. Um, I am a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a business owner. I am a fashion enthusiast. I am a, 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 a female activist. I am a, um, a daughter, a sister. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. And I think just most importantly, just someone that's striving to be a wholesome, balanced human being. Okay. Um, so you mentioned, obviously, you have, there's a lot of hats that you wear. Um, do you want to tell mm-hmm. us a bit about, first of all, um, what does balance entail? Because you said you're trying to be a wholesome, balanced human being. Mm. Tell us a bit about that. So, um, I think that, you know, you can do everything. You know, this is notion that you like, you wake up in the morning and you get ready and you go to work and you come back and you have your supper and you watch your movie and you go to bed. Um, I literally can tell you that every single day in my life is different. I try to have routine, but it's, it's extremely difficult um, because... Um, I get bored very quickly. So as long as I'm constantly balancing out everything and making sure that everything is relatively or at least an indication of normality, then then I'm satisfied and I'm happy. Um, so yeah, that's what balance is for me, just striving for equilibrium, but also constant change and, and evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like, I think that's the one thing that's kept me, um, it's kept me like going and, and almost, kept the direction of, of media that I'm in alive mm-hmm. for me um, because I've, I've done a lot of stuff in the media. I've um, been on radio. I've done the television thing. I've, um, I've, I was part of the team that made Mandela's obituary at ETV as well. Wow. So like I've done almost a lot of levels of media and, and you need to observe and watch how things are evolving and, Radio is amazing. Television is amazing. Documentary making is amazing. Adverts are amazing. But things are changing. The online space is becoming so much more important and so much more um, like part of our lives. That mm-hmm. we, um, that, and, and that's one of the big things for me. So I, I saw that there's a definite need to, need to make yourself known and your presence available. So yeah, that's, that's, um, that's me. I don't know if I'm answering your question. <laughs> Um, (laughs) that's fine so obviously you mentioned that you um, are media personality you've been in media for a while Mm. but that you constantly change and your role is constantly changing Um, Mm. and that you've been in on on radio on tv um, so you've been involved in different types of uh, different elements of the whole um, tv production or media production now tell me a bit about how you're pivoting to the online space because you mentioned that it's very important you see where it's going okay and it's important to stay on trend um tell me how you are personally pivoting so um 
I think that I, so, okay, so let me quickly give you my, my journey and my story. So um, I was on radio for, for 10 years and mm-hmm. I loved the medium with every bit of my being. I thought that theater of the mind is the most um, like profound and sophisticated way of, of connecting with people. Like through using your voice, you actually, and, and, I, and, I just, and I developed such serious relationships with people, like sincere, genuine relationships, purely by my voice, you know, mm-hmm. and purely by me being there on time, three hours in and out, like people like really like bond with you. And I found this extremely like amazing. Um, and then we saw the introduction of online space. And this is where we saw the need to um, start, you know, maybe writing a little bit of a blog. And I'm talking about now, this is the, the early, oh, not so early. Yeah, let's say like to 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. 2011. So, you know, we started now with blogging. And oh, what do you blog about? What do you love? Because you're still in this radio idea of mindset. And in that same time, we see the, the advent of, of, of Instagram. And then by that time, Facebook was alive and well. Um, but, but all of this happening, many of us just saw it as stuff that is fun to be on, fun to connect with people. But nobody saw the actual social and economic transformation that it's going to cause with our consumption of media. No one actually foresaw that, that, if, that if we don't, somehow i mean there's lots of documentaries about how dodgy the social media is and what what and we know that Mm -hmm. but no one could actually foresee that that the way in which we consume information will be changed forever no one actually well i don't say no one but i think generally i think everyone was pretty laid back and just thought ah instagram take photos have fun blah 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 but no one went okay oh my gosh like is this going to be the new form of of um information feeding this is how we're going to get to know people this is how we're going to present ideas about who we are etc etc and that's what eventually happened people started using these platforms to create um channels to get through to people like to speak to people be it if you are a mechanic enthusiast if you are a computer enthusiast if you're fashion or makeup that is your channel so um after 10 years of being on radio and doing um let's call it traditional media okay um i I then, at this time I was married and um, I then fell pregnant with my son. And it's so weird and I don't want to sound gumbaya about this, but it's almost like you reach a new awakening and you have a new realization about you can either just continue to do what you always did, which is go to work, do your three hours, go home. And even though it seems like every single day is a brand new, fresh, revitalizing day on television or on radio or whatever, it's a formula. You come in, mm-hmm. you do what you have to do. The news goes on at the hour. Da, da, da. It's a formula. And, it's, and it becomes extremely like pattern-like and monotonous, you know. And yes, on the odd day, you might have like, I don't know, Benny McCarthy or Donald Trump come in. And it, ooh, it's amazing. But you don't own it. You're under restrictions. You're under so many parameters. You're under so many rules. And as a creative and as someone that's in a space of wanting to push the bar and be edgy and be controversial and provocative, you, you find yourself almost asking like, but now there must be more. There must be a way in which I can still push the bar. There must be some opportunity out there to do things. Taps into Generation Z and taps in with millennials. We don't like safe. Mm-hmm. We don't like predictable. And, um, and I think, after my son was born, I was in this weird like crossroad of like, I mean, you're back into radio and do the same shit that you're doing all the time, which is fun and amazing. 
or do you want to close your eyes and just jump into a space? And I decided I want to do podcast style. Sadly, mm-hmm. I found from my experience that, that the podcast culture is still extremely in infant phase here in South Africa. People don't consume podcasts as intensely. Now, I am like a podcast fiend, okay? Like, I love podcasts. I said, um, like, gosh, Joe Budden's podcast, Joe Rogan's, like, everybody, like all, the, mm-hmm. all the podcasts. I just sit and I just like, sip it up. Um, and I quickly just realized that, like, um, it's pointless trying to tap into a market or create or try and force the market to do what you think is cool because you like it. And then I thought, okay, cool, I create a platform and talk to the youth markets and give them what they want. And I think organically it morphed to the space where I started creating, as I'd, I'd like to think of it, like my own Amazon Prime or my own Netflix, my own but mm-hmm. for South African youth market. You know, it's a space where, um, where especially brown kids in South Africa can connect and, and, and relate and resonate um, with no political or racial, whatever. It's just a sense of identity. It's a sense of, oh, we're not only the front teeth missing, fishing, snook eating, Rothman smoking, to take <laughs> consuming. We're not, there's so much more. Like, this, yeah. it's just, it's, like, it's amazing. Um, and I think that was, that was important. Um, but it doesn't cancel out any other group of people, which is now South African beautiful rainbow nation. I just needed a sense of identity and I needed a sense of, of creating a, a platform where um, people can connect and resonate. Um, and so, yeah, I think that is where I, we started Go Binge. It's evolved into something pretty cool right now. Um, there's a lot of like blood, sweat, and tears that has gone into it. Mm-hmm. Um, every day is, is, is more exciting than the last day. And um, to make a, a long story very short, um, for me, internet content is the future. <laughs> so, um, and so that's why it was very important that I first explained to you my extreme mm-hmm. passion and love and, and respect for for the older mediums, but also the the need to start respecting where we are evolving in media, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't touched a newspaper in probably five years, you know? It's, it's stuff like that that we're not seeing. A magazine, what is that, you know? Like, the things like that. And um, also, I, I, I don't know when was the last time I watched something on TV because it is starting at 8 o'clock. You know, yeah. things like that is changing, you know, it's just, the world is just evolving. Um, and, and, and again, this is what I realized. And I, and I do a lot of um, engagement with people to also have conversations and just find out where they, and the weirdest thing is that people don't realize it's happening. They just go swimming yeah. with it, but they're not mm-hmm. realizing that it's happening, um, which for me is a benefit and a pro because I'm, I'll be part of the steering of that ship then. But the con is, is that we, um, the big, the big, big brands are still too nervous to, you know, to hop on this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, hey, man, it was just easy. Everyone would be doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so okay. that is probably my my morph into online. But what yeah. I liked is the fact that you said you saw the change happening, and you said that you know what, um, this is something that I need to also because you can foresee where it's going. I need to get on onto yeah. this boat and um. It just shows the importance of, you know, adapting to the change happening around you. Because so, sometimes we get so stuck in the position that we are in, 
being comfortable, yeah. being happy with what we have. And we're just scared of the risk, the uncertainty that the future might hold if we do forego this to go for something else that's happening. And yeah. at the end of the day, everything is changing. We need to adapt. And like you said now, the, the main thing is that everything is moving to online space. And the sooner you can adapt, the better it is for you to be a pioneer yeah. even. Um, so I like that. So you've had an extensive um, experience in radio, um, like you said, 10 years. Tell me a bit about how yeah. you initially got into radio and was it always a dream to work in, in, in media? So I, um, after school, I had um, gone to Stellenbosch and I did my first degree in political science. And thereafter, I went and did my honours in journalism. And I always like make this stupid joke and I always go like, when I was at Stally's, I couldn't make it to any of the netball teams. I couldn't make it into any of the athletic stuff because, like, those are mutants. Um, and I was just not that girl. I'm 1.5 meters tall. So I, um, I went and I, and I joined MFM, which is a community-based radio station, which is Stellenbosch University's radio station, but also Stellenbosch, the, the little towns. And, and let me tell you, it's almost like the quintessential, um, like, formula for radio. You learn it at a community um, station level. You learn about what radio is. It's about community. Mm -hmm. It's about connecting with people. You, you cut your teeth. You sacrifice. You do all the hardcore stuff. This is before you start becoming the cool, cool cat at the party and before you get drops and before you do all that stuff. It's before all of that, the VIP lists and all that rubbish, which is just you know, an extra added value. Um, that is where you learn. And I, I started radio when we, when we were still working on... Um, on CDs. So mm -hmm. I would arrive an hour and a half before my show. I would select all my music and then I would have like all my CDs and then I would go and stack it. And then I would have an actual spreadsheet of um, when, when the, how the song must start. So every time you're going to put a CD in, you must cue the song and you must listen how long is the intro. The intro is oh, it's 20 seconds and I can talk over 20 seconds and then I can start. And that is the fundamentals. That is where you, maybe it's not relevant now, but that is where you learn to appreciate and respect things, you know, you to understand things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, fast forward from that, I then started doing a feature during my honors year on Good Hope FM, which was like a campus top five countdown. So I would go in on a, Saturday, on a Friday evening and I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is the top five songs in Stellenbosch. And it was like Captain's Funny Sailor and crap like that. <laughs> anyway, and <laughs> then, um, Trim wasn't always that bad. Um, and then I was asked by the programs manager, would you be interested in doing a slot year? And I was like, oh, definitely. And then, um, yeah, and so from that point on, I think it was in 2009 that I started. And, yeah, we just just went on and started on the graveyard shift, went on to the Saturday afternoon shift, went on to do traffic with Nigel. And, do, and, and so it developed until you do almost every show at the station and that's when you cut your teeth there because that is mm -hmm. a com commercial radio station is extremely ruthless it's live it's real it's hardcore there's a lot of personalities there's a lot of energy um but it's also such a wonderful place to be in eh? it's a marvelous um like adrenaline and that was really cool in that time i was also at etv worked there as well did a lot of um working in in the documentary production side and so you, you learn to understand what media is and you learn to understand that the media is a, a constantly evolving organism. It's growing and it's evolving and it's changing and it's finicky 
and it's sensitive, um, but it's also ever-changing. You don't ever think you're complacent and you're comfortable because it will change tomorrow like this. Mm -hmm. um, and that for me is extremely thrilling. You know, it's extremely thrilling in the sense that um, you're always just predicting, you're always just, you know, trying to be ahead of the curve and stuff. Um, so I think that is um, a big a big factor for me, having the, the ability, the nose to, to, to can smell when you need to pivot, you need to change, mm -hmm. you need to evolve, you know. Um, and, and that is any media specialist or any person that is a healthy contributor to the media will understand why you need to do things a certain way. Don't be comfortable because that's all you know and that's what's, what was working for five years or for mm -hmm. 10 years. Um, a healthy contributor to the media will be able to take something like television or radio or documentaries or, or, or film or, or, and be able to adapt it to what a 15-year-old child in 2020 wants because they are mm -hmm. the future consumer. So don't be arrogant and ever undermine a youthful, a youth, you know, don't ever. Um, you, will, you will be bitterly sorry in the long run um, about, about um, not winning that person's trust over. Okay. You mentioned a couple of core things over there. Um, obviously, first of all, what I want to touch on is the fact that you obviously shows that you understand marketing or the, or the audience that you're speaking to because you said you, you mm. mentioned the 15-year-old and that they are the future. You started obviously on radio at a young age. Like you said, you were at campus, um, varsity still. Um, was it by accident or was it something that you planned to go into? It was, I think it was, um, it, it was a half, um, something that I had to do because I was doing journalism. I did my honors in journalism. So it was half something I had to do because I had to do my, um, my practical. So I still did it at radio. But in the same breath, it was something that I, 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 um, I liked, you know, I was the kid that had the commentary in, on the report card that said like, you know, she's a delightful girl, but she's a chatterbox. She's disruptive. <laughs> You know, I was that one, and for the longest time, I was made to believe that that is a problem that she that I, that I'm that I'm not um, a good student, and and it took later in it took me years and later in my life to realize that it's my my bloody gift. You know, it's my yes. that is my talent. That is exactly what I should be like nurturing. And um, so yeah, I became an apologetic about it. But anyway, getting back to the point is that. I think we just found each other. We, my, uh, myself and radio found each other. Um, and, and, and it was weird because when you, when you find the right thing, other shit just comes your way as well. So I fell into the television side and I fell into, into the marketing side. And I just fell in because I was opening myself to the things that I actually do love and, and that I do have an affinity for. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was, nothing in my life has ever been textbook or roadmapped. Everything has generally just gone with, with gut and with um, true passion and intuition. And it works somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and once, once again, I like the fact that you said that one of the problems during your childhood or when you were a student was that you were chatterbox. But it's actually one of your biggest gifts mm. lessons. And sometimes, you know, we as human beings, um, when we are going through our schooling or as children and we get picked on for the things that actually makes us unique or we feel shy about yes. something that we can tap into later mm. whether it is that you come from poverty um now you maybe feel like you know what my parents can't afford to buy me these shoes but later mm. in life that's something you can tap into because you never had 
the silver spoon. Mm. You understand? Mm. So it's all these things sometimes that we think is a problem that's actually the mm. gift or blessing. Yeah, 100%. It's the very thing that makes you so unique and so driven. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, I like the fact that you said, you know what? Um, I'm a competent communicator um, and that's obviously very important if you want to build a relationship through using your voice on the radio. Yeah. Um, tell me, what is one of the biggest obstacles that you faced throughout your career this far? Um, being a woman, being mm-hmm. a black woman or being a colored woman. Um, I think that the media is still very much dominated and owned by men. So everything comes from a very patriarchal um, angle, you know, unless they need a female. And even then the female has to tick the boxes of what the man wants. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that has been probably one of the biggest challenges is that a voice like mine is not the light of reason, you know. And, and so the light of reason will never be on the, the drive time prime spot, you know, because just by virtue of being a woman, I'm just not taken as seriously and and it's something that is ingrained and it's sadly just such a, a fungus in our society about um about roles and 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 about um about how we view things so i think a brown um colored um female just sadly was never able to reach the points in traditional media that she would have liked to reach mm-hmm. um and I mean, I could be like saddy in the corner, but I was like, nah, that's cool. And I went and created my own space. Mm-hmm. And I, I am so happy and excited about the fact that I have been able to develop a market and it's ever growing, but a market of people that completely connect and resonate with me. They're not forced to listen to me. They come to me and they come and enjoy the information that I have to share with them. That for me is priceless. Um, so yeah, that has been one of my biggest challenges, but also one of the biggest things that I've been able to overcome mm. by just you know redirecting and taking control of what I want. Okay. Now, obviously, like you said, the way you solve that is by taking control. Now, that obviously shows that once again, you are a very confident person and um, in mm. your ability and also in your skin. Where do you think this confidence um, stems from? Or where did you start building this confidence to stick your hand up and say, oh. you know what, I might be different, but I'm going to have my say. Yeah. Um, right through my, um, my traditional media career, I was afforded beautiful opportunities to do really big events, work with amazing, like the most smart, most experienced people in the media and um, you know you are who you rub shoulders with and, and you just have to level up and you have to constantly like my mom always says iron sharpens iron so you are who you associate with so you you know that that brushes off onto you so I always made sure that I was connected and affiliated and friends and rubbing shoulders with people that are disruptors that are that are edgy mm-hmm. that they they, um, they, they they just they don't care because Picasso didn't care uh, Lennon didn't care. You know, all these big guys didn't care. They just did because they knew there was a fire inside of them and they had to do it. Um, and, you know, you do it now and you apologize later, but you did it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, I think, the one thing that, is, that has been my driving force, you know, and, and has been the thing that motivates the confidence. 
um, you're forced to be a confident, strong woman if you have been in the most pressurized positions where you have to deliver. You're forced to do it. You, you find it inside of you, deep there at the bottom, in the left corner of your medulla oblongata. I don't know. You find it and you make it happen because it is in there. Um, and I just think given the, enough pressure, given enough um, space, given enough platforms, given enough encouragement, motivation, listening to your gut and your intuition, it, you're just nurturing all the good stuff inside of you. And, it, and it, uh, eventually, it, you know, it becomes second nature to you. You know, you know who you are. You are self-assured. You know, you know what you want. Um, and and when, it's, when you're not doing that, your conscience also reminds you that this is not what you are and what you want. And that is, I think, part of the blessing of being confident, you know, being confident enough to also go like, nah, not for me, fam. Um, and yeah, that's out. Okay. Um, I love that answer as well, especially the fact that you mentioned that iron sharpens iron. And that is so true. Mm. Um, we are who we surround ourselves with. And yeah. that's why it's important to surround yourself with people who are at a better level than you, who you can learn from, but also force you to level up. Uh, because in yes. order to be in this, in this circle, you need to be better than you currently are. Yes. And life is just yes. a journey of becoming. So who you be, who you're around determines who you're becoming. So I like that. And then as a closing question, tell me, tell me a bit about yeah. um, what the future looks like for you. Because obviously now you said that you are in online space. And what do you think is next on the agenda for Taron? I think that, and I'm putting this into the universe because I, I genuinely believe it. I think that I'm going, I'm in a space where I'm trying to, to marry the traditional with the future. So if I look at the Northern Hemisphere and how um, media is going in that way on up there, sadly, we're not going to do it yet on our side because we just don't have the infrastructure. Things are just a little bit more delayed on our side. But um, the future, the immediate future, I'm trying to, to bridge traditional media and the future of media. Um, and that is what my biggest mandate is at the moment. My biggest plan of action is at the moment. Um, and I think that it could possibly be the answer to South Africa's information challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be the answer to, 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 to South Africa's way of getting through to people, connecting with people. Um, because I think, you know, you know that, that, that access to information is a human right. You know, it's... it's, it's yes. It's, it's an absolute human right. So having access to the internet, having access to anything in this life, um, just like water and a roof over your head and education, access to information is a human right. So having enough forms of information so that you can choose what you wish to, to hear or believe. Mm -hmm. And not just there are four mediums from four channels, which you get for free on television. That is, it's dangerous. It's, it's unhealthy. Uh, there are there are many different versions to a story, which is important. So I think, in order for South Africans and this is all South Africans to have a proper understanding of of South Africans, the only time that will happen is if they have access to information. Until then, we're still going to have people in Camps Bay going, "Oh my gosh, why are people protesting in red T-shirts?" And we're still going to have people in the township going. White people, you know, they're just this and they're just that, and colored people are still going to be like, they're a mass of this and they're angry at this and da 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 da. da. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, 
uh, because our society has been structured to separate us and it's been structured yeah. in such a way that we don't understand what's happening on the other side. So I think having access to information, having access to understanding is going to, it's going to bring a lot of enlightenment to South Africans' understanding of South Africans. Mm-hmm. Not only certain LSMs, not only certain groups, not only certain religions, I mean all South Africans. There are South Africans that in our country that we don't even know exist. And there are subcultures and, and it's because we don't know. We, we just stick in our safe space that we know. Mm-hmm. We do our brides, we do our rugby, we do our thing because that's mm-hmm. all we culturally know. But we've just never ever thought about, I wonder like what a holiday in the trans sky would be like, you know, or I wonder what it would be like. To, you know, we just don't do yes. things like that. So it would be fascinating to create and produce content where we tell those kind of stories and we tell and we understand what real South Africans are doing. Yeah, that's the move. And like, if I can get that going over the next five years, it will be super dope. Okay. Um, I like that because obviously it's a really noble pursuit to transform the thinking and the mindsets of South Africans through informing them of the different perspectives um, to, mm. a, to a story, um, different narratives that currently exist. And I think that's really important for us to really change, like you say, the way we see each other, where we see different cultures, different racial groups, uh, boils down to the narratives we are taught um, that whether it is that they are to blame or this person's to blame. Um, yeah, so if that's going to continue to perpetuate in society, um, height will continue to grow. And I think that's yeah. really important. What you currently want to do is really important. So I wish you all the best with that. Okay. Thanks, Carl. And thank you so much for taking your time out to chat to me about your journey and share your insight with us. Thank you for the opportunity. And I'm actually like sitting here, like thinking back on everything I was talking to you about. And I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, I hope I made sense. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm worry, so all over did. the place at the moment. Thank did. you. I appreciate this time. And it was really kind of you to invite me. Thank you so much, eh? Thank you for listening to this week's episode. This is a weekly podcast. So tune in every Monday to get your dose of inspiration that will help guide you in designing your version of an extraordinary life. This is Kyle Daniels, wishing you an amazing day. Stay winning.